Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Junk Baller Podcast. My name is Michael Greenwood, and I'm here with my good friend, as always, Kevin Otterbein. Kevin, how you doing? Keeping calm. Keeping calm? But not oh. playing ultimate right oh, now. Oh, yeah. So, Kev, right before, um, my tad loud. I feel like I can hear my echo just a tad. You're always a bit loud. Yeah, I am all a little bit loud. You can just turn us down, people, if you'd like. Um, I think we're okay. I think we're okay. I don't think we need to adjust. Anyway, um, Kev, right before we got on the podcast, um, he was wearing a navy blue shirt, and he was just like, I got to change. I have to figure out a way to just feel like everyone's not wearing, I'm not always wearing navy blue, and I don't wear the same thing. I mean, to be fair, you wear the Yankee shirt, and then you have another navy blue shirt, or a couple of navy blue shirts. It's not like you're wearing the same shirt all the yeah. time. Also, there's no way that anyone notices if you wore the same thing twice well i think it's just subconsciously yeah. i'm always wearing yankees colors well that's it's, that's it's fine it's a baseball blue. podcast i mean yeah. i'm i'm gonna try to always wear something baseball related when i'm recording now i feel like i should um and right now i'm we had the last episode we talked about mlb uniforms and i don't have any baseball uniforms that are not uh phillies related until now when I went on eBay and I bought two jerseys that were brand new and I didn't even spend over $100 on them total. I bought a USA Mike Trout jersey, a blue one, because I've always wanted a blue one. The white ones were fine, but right now I'm wearing the Mike Trout uh, USA t- Team USA jersey, and I really like it. I I think it's, it's pretty nice. It's pretty simple, but not too flashy, um, but still got enough style. And then I bought a Otani... Uh, all-star jersey when he was when it was in LA it was like the dark, they're like the dark gray ones with the gold lettering um that was only like 35 bucks brand new like they're like the they're the Nike nice like uh, they're not authentic ones they're the like replica but they're original they go for like 150 bucks they're nice yeah. um they're so. okay um what the jerseys are the, the jerseys the all-star game jerseys oh yeah no I'm more talking about the material Okay. That, that, yeah, uh, I I agree. They're not the best. I like the. I just like how the golden gray looks a little bit with it. I think they should have got more black. Yeah, I think, with I, the jersey. I think so too. Yeah. I think that would have been better. But, but yeah, good it, deal. Yeah, I I feel like I needed to have something to if I were to go to a game that wasn't Phillies related, I could wear a jersey that people would be like, oh. Sweet. I don't have to wear a Phillies jersey type thing. I was like, why is a Phillies fan here? If I wear a Trout jersey or a Tani, you know, all-star jersey, they'd be like, oh, that's actually a cool jersey, you know? I'm not going to stick out like the Miami Marlins guy behind home plate wearing the Mar- <laughs> Marlins stuff at Yankee Stadium, but... Um, or break the bank buying a Dodgers Otani jersey. Yeah, oh, with the new jerseys that yeah. they... Oh, God. Yeah. I, I saw something else. The, the arch of lettering is like it's much more of like an actual like rainbow arch instead of just like a little bit of a slant. Yeah. It looks like youth, like baseball jerseys. <laughs> like, you know how Jared Saltzlamaki is like yeah. the name. It looks like that, but just smaller. Oh God. The new jerseys are awful. I'm sorry, people. The, the new template is bad. Um, but, but yeah, um, not a ton has happened in free agency. Of course Since, not. since we've, uh, Corbin Burns got traded. That, that was the big thing the biggest news so far and the Orioles got sold which is bad for the Yankees but good for baseball and good for the Orioles good for the Orioles yeah um yeah because was Corbin Burns on your guys's market not really on your radar no he should have been yeah he should have been well here 
I feel like the Yankees are being too conservative and thinking that they would have to break the bank for Corbin Burns or like give up like a bunch of players for him. But the Orioles really didn't give up all that much to get this guy. Not even a top 100 prospect. No. They didn't give up a top. That's incredible. I mean, to be fair, it's only one year of Corbin Burns. But when you have the Orioles where they are, they're hot. They're they're the, they're right there. And if they have pitching and they can go get um, uh, just a couple more just pieces, why not? Like, yeah. Also, I feel bad for Reese Hoskins on in Milwaukee. He signed a two-year deal. Dude, like, all right, yeah, I'm here to compete. You know, the Brewers are good. They trade Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns. Adamas is apparently, I heard Saul today, Adamas is on the trading block. I'm like, oh, my goodness, Reese, like, I just feel bad for the guy. So, so yeah, nothing really too big in terms of uh, baseball news. Uh, no. Still still some free agents left. Bellinger hasn't been signed. Chapman hasn't been signed. We talked about Hater, right? Yeah, we talked about Hater okay. a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, Montgomery still hasn't been signed. Snell hasn't been signed. So still a lot of players not to have been signed. And we are uh, 10 days away from pitchers and catchers. Or nine days, let's see. It's... How many days? Till? It's ten days. Is it ten days? Okay. I it's, think February fourteenth is the Yankees yeah. one. I don't. Yeah, same here. I just don't know how to count like that. I don't know how to count people. I don't know how to count necessarily because technically it's nine days from today. So, like, so if I count, I don't count today. It's nine days. Like tomorrow's one. Tuesday is two type thing. Why? Why just say ten days? I don't know. Just because make it I make, easier for yourself. I make everything you're, you're too complicated. I I'm a textbook overthinker, as Kevin Malone would say. Um, so yeah, nothing crazy in terms of stuff going on in MLB. Um, the Caribbean series is going on. I don't have you seen anything with that? I no. Just, all I know is that Molina's managing um, Puerto Rico. That's all I know. Is there anything going on in that Saudi league? Like the Saudi Arabian League, uh, or like weren't they doing something out there? They were like Cologne and Cano were out there. Uh, so with Didi, so yeah. was Didi. Uh, no, I haven't seen anything because Didi's playing the Caribbean music because I saw him get a hit okay. or something. Um, but no, I haven't heard anything. My, I actually had a friend go out uh, to the the UAB, and I almost was like, go to a game, but uh, I don't think she had time. So, um, yeah, nothing cr- like folks. Baseball news has kind of been slow this offseason when it shouldn't have been with Otani and the level of talent on with, uh, you know, people coming from Japan with with all of them. And thank goodness for Otani and Yanomoto. If it wasn't for those two, they'd be like almost nothing to discuss. Yeah, it's then there are a couple of rule changes that they made that we'll probably discuss when we get closer. Um, But yeah, yeah. Nothing crazy. So, all right, let's get started with uh, a fun fact. Uh, I have actually a couple fun facts for you all. For you all, um, and this is uh, because last week Kev probably outdid himself with probably the most fun segment we've ever had on the fun fact section uh, because he talked about the minor league team. Uh, what was the minor league team? What was it again? The Brooklyn Cyclones. The Brooklyn Cyclones with the seventh inning stretch marks for, for pregnant women. Pregnancy night. Yeah, pregnancy night. And if you gave birth to uh, during the game, you get free tickets or and uh, free tickets if you name your son or daughter Brooklyn or Cy. So I thought that was incredible. I probably will not be able to top it, but... Uh, I thought it'd be cool to bring up more than just one fact, uh, given um, 
kind of just the, going off of what you did. So show I, off. Not show. No, 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 no. I think because <laughs> I think this is kind of interesting. What I'm about to share. Um, this uh, I found this stuff out back in 2022 when I went to the Hall of Fame uh, for the first time. And there were some facts that I had never known about baseball when it first started. And when I, it was right at the beginning when uh, you're taking the tour because they have three levels to the, the Hall of Fame. Have you been? Yes. Yeah. Um, like right at the beginning, they have like the very beginning history and all like the awful, awful equipment and awful, awful just uniforms, all that type of stuff. And I was, it was really interesting. But I wanted to share with you all uh, some of the terms that first started because we're used to the terms today with, you know, just um, like strikeout, all that type of stuff, what it is today. But back in the day when it first started in the 1860s, 1850s and 1860s, it was much different. For instance, calling the batter a striker was a thing until the early 1860s. Uh you know, pop fly, you know how we call pop fly today. Mm-hmm. That was called a skyrocket until the 1860s. A skyrocket. Sky. A skyrocket, correct. Um, and because there really wasn't like home field advantage to at the early on, they had a coin toss at the beginning to s- decide who was hitting or uh, in the field first. Really? Yeah. That, that, was, that one was interesting. But this is my favorite one. It's not the last one I'll share, but this is my favorite one. A fair ball that was caught on the bound, which means a catch made after one bounce, was legal until 1865. So if you get, say if there's a pop-up and it drops, or a a fly ball and it drops, and then you catch it on the first bounce, the guy's out. Hmm. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) I don't know why that would cause people to be like, oh, yeah, he caught in the first one. He's out. It dropped. What? <laughs> I, I I remember showing it to my dad. He's like, "What the heck? This doesn't make any sense." No. Um. So Southpaws started in 1858. That was actually something that was that's still relevant today. Wait, Southpaws like as in left-handed like, pitcher? Left-handed pitcher. Yeah. Th- it was illegal before that. No, 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 no. It became like left-handers were dubbed Southpaws as early as oh, 1858. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. what you mean. All yeah. Right. Sorry. Right. Um. So it was. It, I was like, all right, that was, that's when it's still relevant today. Um, uh, dropped from the language of the game by the early 1860s, hands lost, which were considered outs. What? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so a hand was an out? Yeah. Or no, wait, hands lost is an out. Yeah, hands lost were out. Hands whether lost. made uh, Whether made as a batter or as a base runner. So. So, it, so it's a hand when you get on base then? Because if the hand is lost, that's an out. But if you gain a hand, that means you're on the bases. All right, let's. Right, so, so this is this is word for word dropped from the language of the game by the early 1860s. Hands lost in quotations uh, were outs. So technically, if there were, yeah, I guess if you don't have to, I guess if only, you don't have hands, you don't have hands. I guess, yeah. <laughs> and it was abbreviated HL. So that's another thing. Like instead of just outs or because it's considered put outs technically right yeah yeah but there's also i don't know anyway that was that was interesting um and then uh by the late 1850s the position called shortstop uh was called short or short field 
Hmm. So that was that was by the eight by the late eighteen fifties, but it's now known as shortstop. And why is it shortstop now? It didn't say. So if people, if you know, let us know. Why is it called shortstop? Why yeah, why is it called short why was it called short field? Like yeah. is it just they're like, Oh yeah, we need another position and it's not it's not in the outfield, but it's short. Well were the were the short stops or the short fields as you call it, would they be positioned in a different place than they are now? I don't think so, no. I think it's... So they still were in between second and third? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But that was... If people... If you have not been to the Hall of Fame, go there. Um, It is a fantastic, fantastic experience. You could spend a week there and still not learn everything there. Yeah. I, I need to go back just to take my time, I think, because I went years ago. It was like, wow, 14... 14 years ago, yeah, at this point, and went with my church youth group because we were doing a work trip out there in New York, yeah. and we were like, we're two hours away. Yeah. Might as well go visit it. And we kind of just rushed through it because we didn't have a ton of time. Yeah. And not everybody there was like a baseball person. Yeah. So I, I really want to take the time to spend a couple of days there, not just at the Hall of Fame, but also around Cooperstown in that area. I agree. Uh, I also was in a similar boat when I went. My nephew was with me, and he was eight at the time, seven or eight. And you could just tell that he just wanted to go to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing um, with my dad and my older brother. Uh, but my dad and I were kind of like doing our own thing, just kind of taking our time with stuff. And then my nephew would be with my brother and go and be like, all right. But So we had to hurry up a little bit for that. But my dad and I both agreed that we could be here for a very long time and just spend the entire weekend or whatever, <laughs> just uh, learning all the stuff. But Highly recommend going to the Baseball Hall of Fame um, if you haven't. But uh, so yeah, that's our fun fact for today, and it is also relevant because yes, today we are talking about the Hall of Fame. We were talking about the let's see, a couple weeks ago. That's it was about two weeks ago now. Uh, there were three players selected to the Hall of Fame in the twenty twenty four ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, who were they, Kev? Who were they again? I was hoping you'd know. Oh, is it, that's on me to know? Okay. All right. Yeah, you're the one that... Oh, yeah. Let's see. So it was this guy named Adrian Beltre, this guy named Joe Maurer, and this guy named Todd Helton. I think that's it, right? Did I get it right? I, I think you're missing uh, Kay Agawa and Jonathan Papelbon and that. Jonathan Papelpoopy. That's what someone. That's what Ike Reese calls him on <laughs> sports radio, um, and also Jim Leland. I for, can't, can't can't forget Jim Leland, the yes, manager. The manager Jim Leland. Um, but no. Uh, all jokes aside, Adrian Beltre completely deserving. Uh, got ninety what ninety five percent of the ballot. Ninety five point one percent of the yeah. ballot. Um, so definitely deserving. First ballot. All, first time on the ballot. Easy. Easy win. Uh, receiving 79.7% of the vote on his sixth year on the ballot. Todd Helton got in. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize it was his sixth year on the ballot. Uh, he started off pretty uh, it increased each year, which is fair. Um, and, I, and now that I think about it, we can get into it more, but that Helton was kind of the guy that I thought of that was possibly going to get in that maybe shouldn't get in right now. Like, mm-hmm. But uh, we can get into that more. And then uh, first year on the ballot, and now the youngest Hall of Famer, uh, Joe Maurer, with 76.1% of the vote. He got in by five votes, or four or five votes. Um, So all three of those guys are now in Cooperstown, New York, uh, for the rest of their 
uh, lives and, and baseball history. Um, and Kev, I want to get your gut reaction. What are your thoughts on those three? Okay. Uh, gut reaction. So like, it's got to come from your gut. I'll start with Beltre. Okay. Um, who easy. I think is the easy one. He deserves it. Um, he's the one with the longevity. He played for 20, 20 years, <laughs> 21 years, something yeah. like that. Uh, not all for the same team, but I mean, I think when I think of him, I think of, of him with Texas because that's really when he was at the best. Mm-hmm. It's 21 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Solid hitter. Um, you know, I, I feel like he really, he was a late bloomer. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, he was because like he, he, he started with the Dodgers and the Mariners and the, he played for the Red Sox for a year. And I wouldn't have hardly known about the guy give or take a few seasons before that. Yeah. He didn't do all that much of them. All he did, he went to Texas and then boom, he became this, you know, silver slugger, gold glove, third baseman. Yeah. Uh, So he came up to the league at 19 with the Dodgers and then he didn't get an all-star appearance until he was 31 with Boston. Mind you, he did win a couple of gold gloves and was second in MVP voting in 2004 with, with batting 334, 1,000 OPS, 48 homers, and 128 RBIs. But he did not make the All-Star team that year. That, he, that was probably the second half of the year that he yeah. really took off. I, and, like, I'm looking at looking at his stats now. It's like that was really an anomaly in the, in the early part of his career because yeah. it's like 240, 257, 334, 255, yeah. 260. It's like Brady Anderson, right? So mm-hmm. Because he had 23 on runs the year before, then 48, and then dropped back down to 19. Yeah. Uh, do, also, doing it in Dodger Stadium, too. That's also yeah. impressive. Uh, and then he went to Seattle and was okay in Seattle. Like, his, he had an OPS over 800 once. But then, you know, not nothing crazy. 260, 270 hitter. And then one year in Boston. And Boston, he was a, a silver slugger, all-star. Uh, had 28 homers, 102 RBIs, uh, 321 batting average. Like, so it's... After that, he was... Uh, pretty, pretty good, pretty consistent, uh, pretty close to almost a 300 hitter every year um, with Texas. Like his Texas numbers, 304 batting average, 865 OPS, in, and 199 home runs. 100, 199 home runs and 699 RBIs. He couldn't just get one more home run to make it 200 <laughs> and 700 RBIs. Um, so, but he's going in as a Texas Ranger. Yes, which uh, makes sense. Which is dessert, which is yeah. pre, uh, pretty. He spent most of his year there, eight years with Texas, seven years with the Dodgers. Um, but everyone knows him as a Ranger. And yeah, uh, yeah. 3,000 hits. It's, it's pretty pretty remarkable just how much of a late bloomer he was um but and was stellar in the world series against st louis Mm -hmm. um a series which you know they should they should have won should have won they should have won for a variety of reasons as we know Mm -hmm. nelson cruz um yes but uh he had 300 in that world series yeah with uh two home runs he was he wasn't the reason why they lost yeah that was i mean they ran into the the cardinals who were just hot and I, I know full well because we lost to the Phillies lost to them. And um, so, mm-hmm. but yeah, Adrian Beltre, easy. I don't think anyone has any rem reason to say he's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Easy. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll go with the second easy, easiest one, and that's Maurer. Correct. Um, I'll save Helton for last, and we'll get into that. Yeah. But um, you don't see a lot of catchers like Maurer these days. Someone who hits 365 <laughs> as a catcher. 
I mean, anyone hitting that now yeah. is crazy. And 306 for his career. Yeah. So d- do you know the stat that blew me away that I told uh, Taylor the other day that I didn't realize? No. There are seven career uh, batting titles for catchers. He has three of them. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. He has three of the seven batting titles that are won by catchers. Yeah. that It's just incredible. And you look at like his comparable numbers with other catchers. You see like Roy Campanella in that conversation, yeah. Johnny Bench, yeah, like just like all these legendary catchers. And I mean, the, I think the numbers and his conduct say it. Yeah. just the way he played. That MVP year definitely was a little bit of an anomaly with uh, just the power numbers because he only uh, is his MVP year. He batted three sixty five with an OPS over a thousand, twenty eight homers, ninety six RBIs. He never had over 100 RBIs for his career, and that was the only time he hit over 20 home runs, let alone hit over 13. His career high other in other years was 13. So he was never really known as a power hitter. No. He was just known as a great hitter. Yes. Um, he had over 2,000 hits, which is pretty good. Um, and he definitely started to tail off as a catcher, and as he started having, I think, knee issues. And did he have concussion, or was that more no? think Morneau had concussions. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Maurer did. Um, but, but yeah, Maurer, consistent, gr- good hitter. Um, you know, and also stand-up guy. He was never in the, like, any trouble or anything. Always kind of, you know, just a good guy. Um, also just loyal to, he was, he grew up in St. Paul. So, mm-hmm. or, or close to St. Paul. So being drafted by Minnesota, staying with them his entire career, it's pretty it's pretty good. It's a pretty good story for MLB. Um, so yeah, that was. I don't. I don't have any rhyme or reason to say Joe Maurer is not a Hall of Famer. I would say that maybe he he might not have been deserving of like a first ballot, maybe because because when I we grew up with him as yeah. he, he came in the league in two thousand four, um, we always knew him. He was on MLB the show twice. That's the only time the only player to do that. Uh, so. We always viewed him as like he's definitely the best catcher in the league for a decent amount of time. So that's probably why we view him as so good. But I also am like, is he a first ballot? I feel like he's kind of on that like first ballot, second ballot type guy just because he didn't have the power numbers, but he was still a 300 hitter. Like I, Taylor's going to be angry at me just because I said that. But well, I'm going to save my judgment for that because I do want to talk about how the voting for the Hall of Famers has changed, and I think that affects that question. Okay. Yeah. Um, not. I'm not saying people that Joe Maurer is not a Hall of Famer. He is yeah. deserving. He only got in by four or five votes, as I said earlier. Um, and, yeah, I think that he's on the verge of being first ballot, second ballot type guy, which mm-hmm. the voting shows. So yeah. um, just wanted to get that off. So, mm-hmm. Lastly is uh, Helton. Uh, similar to Maurer in that he spent his entire career with one team. Mm-hmm. Loyal guy didn't go anywhere. Um, he's a strange one to me. Strange? Yeah. yeah. Is that because he uh, was a starting quarterback ahead of Peyton Manning at Tennessee? Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That, that's pretty strange. It's pretty nuts. He had, a, he had an option to go into the NFL, I believe. Yeah. But chose baseball. Yeah. Um. I feel like he's a similar guy. He's one of those guys that like was was at the top of his game for a few years, and then mm-hmm. was kind of just good. 
Yeah. I wouldn't say he was like bad. No, 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 no. I mean, you you look at his uh numbers for the when he was at the top of this game, like the three seventy two average he had in two thousand mm-hmm. kind of numbers with forty two on runs, hundred and forty seven RBIs. How did he finish fifth in MVP that year? Probably Barry Bonds. Or but no, Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent won the MVP that year. Jeff Kent won the MVP? He had 33 home runs, 125 RBIs, a 334 average. Okay. Ted Helton led the league in war at 8.9. Yeah. He led the league in RBIs, hits, average. Um, okay. He would have won if he was if it was modern, if he was voting this like this yeah. year. He would have won. And probably if he wasn't in Colorado either. Like yeah. Jeff Kent and Barry Bonds were playing in San Francisco. And that was when... That's when they won 100 games that year. They weren't in the World Series that year. They were in the World Series next year, correct? Uh, No, two years after. They lost to the Mets in 2000. That was an upset. (laughs) That's a joke, the Mets. Um, Anyway. Yeah. yeah, That's so interesting. Gosh. I mean, that was actually... Holy crap. There was a lot of guys that finished with over 1,000 OPS on that. I mean, kind of was in the era of steroids with... You had Sosa... uh, I think Jim Edmonds is there. Yeah, Jim Edmonds. Was Edmonds on the Mature Report? I don't know if he was. Yeah. Edmonds is an interesting case because he's not a Hall of Famer, but um, he's, he's I don't know. He has the same pretty much war as, uh, gosh, it's pretty similar numbers to Helton. And he also has the World Series. So, I don't know. I think Edmonds is kind of on that Hall of very good close to, okay, I think, uh, sorry, continue. I was just going to say, I agree. The reason why he gets in, I think, is because he got on base a lot helton yes yeah I agree. he got a lot of walks he got a lot of hits his ops career was 953 <sighs> for his career yep in that 2000 season he had his ops was 1.162 <laughs> not 1.0 1.1 and <laughs> he only struck out 100 times once in his career he didn't strike out very much no. he made contact yep he was he was a good player he was a yeah. good player um yeah it's it's I don't think that Helton, I think it's kind of with where he got in the sixth year. He had to go up against Pujols too with the all-star appearances and, and competing against that mm-hmm. uh, once Pujols came in the league in uh, 2000, I believe. Or Pujols came out around 2000. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the fact that he was still an all-star from 2000, 2004, yeah. Uh, so five years of being an all-star, like, that's pretty impressive. Um, and I think that he started to, you know, once he got into his thirties, it, it happens with every guy going into his thirties, mm-hmm. like just everything just gets a little bit tougher. Um, but he's definitely, definitely a hall, a hall of fame. I loved him when, uh, he was with Colorado early on growing up. Cause I'm like, all right, he's a left-handed hitter. Um, sometimes you wear the high socks. I was always a fan of guys who wore the high socks. <laughs> um, Same. but, but yeah, it, I think he's underrated fielder. Fielder. I mean, he won four Gold Gloves, uh, but he was it four or three, three, three. Um, but he he probably could have won more. But there's there's been some good first basemen in the early two thousands. Yeah. Um. So you wanted to continue with the um. Let, let us know, people. Do you think that Helton should be in the Hall of Fame? Do you think that? Uh, Mauer deserved to go on the first ballot, and uh, I don't want to hear it if you think that Beltre shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. So, um, yeah, let us know. Comments, where text, whatever. You guys, most of you, our listeners, know us. And, uh, but yeah, we, I don't have anything against any of the guys that are go- they're going in. I think it's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Now, 
do you think that Billy Wagner should have gotten in? Because he missed it by a couple votes. What ballot is he on at this point? He's got one more left. So this was his ninth year. He received 73.8% of the vote. Um, so he missed it by, I think he said they missed it by five votes, which mm. is, it's it's interesting. If you're going by his regular season stats, like his yeah. 422 saves yeah. and, you know, his consi- like being a relief pitcher for that long, I would say yes, but his postseason and the big spot, he was terrible. I agree. I agree. Uh, I don't have much to say on Billy just because Philly fans kind of don't like Billy Wagner because he, he kind of said, I can't remember exactly the controversy, but I believe he said something and then he went to the Mets. And anytime that a Philly player goes to the Mets, it's not really a good situation. No. So uh, I think he'll probably get in next year. I think yeah. is last year on the ballot. Next year's not a super big uh, competitive ballot. <laughs> it was actually something I want to talk about later. Uh, but the n- next couple ballots aren't necessarily um, super star-studded in terms of guys that are deserving to be in. There's a lot of Hall of Very Good players. There is. So I think that Wagner probably gets above that 75% threshold. I don't think he's going to get like 80%. I think he'll no. get just enough to get in. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's how I feel about Wagner. I agree with the postseason stats. Definitely a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Sheffield, who was on his last year on the ballot, did not make it. He only got 63.9%. He was trending well with the public ballots early on, but uh, the private ballots tend to not be as uh, welcoming to uh, players. Uh, in, not, well, not welcoming is not the right word. The like As uh, popular, I guess, or just don't have as many guys on their ballot. They're mm-hmm. much more like, I only want a couple players in yeah. type thing. So, yeah, um, I'll go with the list of all the players that received uh, enough votes to stay on the ballot next year, and then we can uh, talk about um, kind of the uh, next year's ballot and then how maybe voting will change uh, coming yeah. up because I know you want to talk about that. So, uh, how voting came out. So we had the three guys that made it. So Wagner received 73.8% of the vote. And again, people, you need 75 to get in. Sheffield got 63.9. Andrew Jones got 61.6. That's high. He's an interesting case. That's high for him. You think, so, I uh, see, I grew up watching him go up against the Phillies. And I never viewed him as like, oh, I'm watching a Hall of Fame center fielder, but I feel like he could get in because of the longevity he had. He had some, he played a while. Um, but yeah, that's, he's an interesting case. We, we could talk about these guys for hours on yeah. hours about why this is bad. This is good. He's a, he's another one of those who I think is in that very good category. Yeah. Um, Car- Carlos Beltran, 57.1%. I think that would be higher if it wasn't for the Astros scandal, probably. I agree. Because with that. he, probably should be into the hall of fame just based off his stats and also postseason. He's a very good postseason player. Ask, but, ask a Mets fan though. Yeah. yeah that's the only time. <laughs> that's the only time. Uh, his, go, talk about the Cardinals fan when he was with the car, when his numbers with the Cardinals when, uh, uh, a rod 34.8%. He's, he's not, not getting, he's in. not getting in people. It's just nobody not, likes him. Yeah, that's why. No, but yeah, it's, it's, just, it's kind of weird. No one likes him just as a person really too. Like a lot of people just don't like his personality. He's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, I, t- I think I told you one time he always uses his hands. Like he never <laughs> stops moving his hands. It's like Ricky Bobby. He doesn't know what to do with his hands. Um, 
Manny Ramirez, 32.5%. Manny's not getting in, people. It's just not going to happen. I don't think so either. Um, I don't think that they're going to get in. A-Rod or Manny's going to get in uh, via the Voters Committee either. I don't think it's going to happen. The Veterans Committee? Yeah, what did I say? Voting Committee? Voters Committee. This is the Voting Committee. Yeah. Um, The Veterans Committee. So it's just, it's not going to happen, people. Sorry. Uh, And then my guy, Chase Utley, 28.8%. I can't remember if that was up or down from last year. I think it's a little bit down. Uh, I hope he trends upward. He's on that verge where he's not going to get into like the... Eighth, ninth, tenth ballot. The re- I want to talk about that later. We'll talk about. Yeah, that. Omar Vizquel, seventeen point seven percent. He's not getting in. He should just get in for how long he's been around. Omar Vizquel. Yeah, yeah Omar yeah. Vizquel. Well, he is also has that controversy now. Do you know about that? Yeah, I yeah. Know. It's, we won't yeah. talk about that. People, it's bad. He's not yeah. a good person. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Breu, fourteen point eight percent. He is such an interesting case because he is much more of an advanced stats guy than like raw stats. Um, I thought he was a fan favorite too. Yeah, I, the Phillies love him. Um, nothing against him. It's just he, I think he's the wrong player for. He played in the wrong era. If he played in this era, he'd probably be a Hall of Famer. I think his his stats are much more uh, attributed to the game today. Um, like he'd be an All Star, I think, by in th- today's game. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Rollins fourteen point eight percent. Jimmy's not gonna get in. He mm. it, I don't think he's gonna get in. He's he's on that verge of he's a really really good shortstop, but he didn't have. He's the Phillies all time hit leader, but he wasn't a for average hitter. Like he had some pop. He was a good fielder, but he was never like a Hall of Fame shortstop. Yeah. I, I think, and that's coming as a Phillies fan. I love Jimmy. I think he's on the Hall of Very Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Pettit, 13.5%. He's got a Hall of Fame pick move, pickoff move, but other than that, I don't think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Well, it, there's just postseason stats, yeah, too. Post-season, we'll, yeah, postseason, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll keep going. I, I, think I don't think he's getting any. Either. No. Mark Burley, 8.3%. Mark Burley, I don't think he's getting in. No. It, it, he's He was a very good pitcher for a long time, but he's not. he was never like, oh, yeah, I never really want to face Mark Burley type thing, but... Um, Francisco Rodriguez, K Rod, seven seven point 7.8%. Uh, he's interesting because I don't know what Wagner started off with, but K Rod could get some, could get closer as years go on. Um, I don't remember what year this is for the ballot for K Rod, but he's, he was a very, he was one of the top closers for more than 10 years. I feel like close to 10 years. For for that that consistent of a period, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, I mean, even when he went to the Mets, he was still good. He wasn't. Yeah. All right, Francisco. At tangent here, people. Francisco, that's fun to say. Well, while he's doing that, Tory Hunter got seven point three percent. I love Tory Hunter. Fun to watch, uh, but he's probably not getting. No, it. he's not getting it. I love Tory Hunter. Is probably on. Like, if I had to have a a players that I want to have on my team of the Hall of Very Good. Tory Hunter's my center fielder. I love Tory Hunter so much. He's such a good guy. He's he's funny. Um, you know, he robbed Bonds during the All Star game. That was that was <laughs> awesome. Um, so K Rod, here's his numbers. Uh, career two point eight six ERA. Uh, in four hundred and thirty seven saves and a WHIP of one point one five. So he's got over four hundred saves. He led the league in saves. Four, three, three times. Um, uh, he had some when he was with the Mets. I believe he got injured or one, one or two years. I can't remember. Um, 
2011, uh, when he got traded, I believe, to Milwaukee. Um, so, it, I mean, saves, 45, 47, 40, 62, 35, 25, 23. And then jumps up th- at the end of his career. Yeah, then jumps up 44, 38, 44. Yeah. So, it, he was, and he was an all-star, I think, because he, he got traded couple times during those years yeah mm-hmm. um so he, he was i think that probably had a factor in it but he was an all-star late in his career with milwaukee 2014 2015 so he was a good very good closer for a long time now i i don't think that he's like oh yeah he's a first like he should have been in higher votes type thing but mm-hmm. uh i didn't want to see k-rod for when he was coming in k-rod was consistent and um yeah, I, I think that he deserves more votes. That's in my opinion. So, uh, and then, yeah, Torrey Hunter got uh, 7.3. I love Torrey Hunter. And then David Wright, Captain Captain Met, uh, 6.2%. So, he's on the ballot. David Wright won't get in. He He's he's no. an intro- He's If he didn't have his back problems, he probably was going to get in because he was just stand-up guy, classic, uh, good player, kind of always just seemed to come up in the right spot at the right time, but just had bad luck with his back. So yeah, unfortunate with how it is. But, uh, and then here, I actually have, uh, the guys that were, that didn't get any votes or received a couple of votes, but are off the ballot. Jose Batista, Victor Martinez, Bartolo Colon, big sexy. That is Matt holiday, Adrian Gonzalez, Brandon Phillips, Jose Reyes, and James Shields are all off the ballot. Who Reyes and Shields didn't even get any. no, that's yeah no. It, Bartolo only got five votes. <laughs> Come on, people. Well, it, he's more of a meme than yeah, a, yeah, popular a, a Hall of Fame yeah. pitcher. Though he did have his years. He won the Cy Young in two thousand five, I think, with the Angels. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. So and he was super. He was crazy thin when he first started. Yeah, <laughs> like if you see his photos with Cleveland, he's yeah. a different man. So Matt Holiday is an interesting case because he was such a good hitter and got on base. Uh, a lot of time. He's also a uh, batting title, seven-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger, World Series champ, over 2,000 hits, over 300 home runs, over 1,000, over 1,200 RBIs, and an OPS of 889. So he only got... How, how many votes did I say that he got? He only got four votes. Mm-hmm. I think that's fairly interesting given how many accolades that guy has and you didn't want to see matt holiday come up to the plate he was annoying he was good <laughs> um was it because he didn't really field at all uh maybe i don't know he, he was an outfielder and then didn't, didn't he play first base at some point or dh a little bit i can't remember when he went to did dh the yankees he did i if i yeah. remember correctly yeah so it's I did it's an interesting um case for Holiday cuz I I always liked him. He was always kind of that annoying player like ah, always came to come in clutch and he's a big guy too. Mm-hmm. Um 6'4" 240. Good lord. Mm-hmm. Um and now he's got his son who's the number one prospect in baseball. So So yeah, that's uh you wanted to talk about how the voting will change? If that's what you wanted. Yeah, do. let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um So how's the voting changing? No, you said you wanted to talk, like, did you want to bring... Well, well I want to talk about the mindset of the voting. Is that what you're talking about? Or the yeah. way they're voting? Yeah, well, you, yeah. yeah. And we had people, we are uh, on fire right now. <laughs> yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're really uh, on a roll here. Yeah. Really shooting from the hip. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, just uh-huh. go off tangents, because 
I do believe that the voting is going to change with specifically pitchers. Well, I think I think that's what I wanted to get to is the mindset because I feel like I, I don't know if we've discussed this on the podcast before. We probably have, but when I have thought of Hall of Famers in the past, I've thought of guys who were throughout their entire careers, you know, consistently like making All Star games, hitting three hundred, or like pitching below a certain ERA, like under three, for like a majority of their career. It doesn't have to be their entire career, but like you know, like at least ten seasons of that. Yeah. Um, what I've noticed over like recently in the voting is guys who are consistently good, but in terms of like, you know, making all-star games and hitting above certain marks, like the 300 mark or pitching below a certain ERA there, it's like five, six, seven seasons maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like the voting has changed to not necessarily the, the length of that than they I guess the quality of the years that they had like in those five or six years were they the best at their position Mm -hmm. and that's what I've really seen with the three guys that got in yeah I think take a look at Maurer um he was a consistent catcher but he kind of broke down toward the end Mm -hmm. you you can argue from say 2006 2007 to 2012 2013 he was at the very top of this position hall of famer I agree um, but that is not a particularly long lifespan. Now you have to take it out with a grain of salt because he is a catcher. Yes. And catchers are more injury prone. They don't last as long. I, so, I, so for, in my knees, case, my knees are still hurting from catching yeah. in high school. So <laughs> it, at least in Maurer's case, I'll give him more of a pass. Yeah. Um, but I think the example I really wanted to hone in on was Helton's. Yeah. Because Helton was at the top of his game really in the early two thousands. Correct. He played a couple of years before that, and then he played for a while after that, but he didn't make any All-Star games after 2004. Correct. Um, Pujols had something to do with that. Well, he could still have made it in maybe like as a... Yeah, I... but Because I think, you still have to st- send one guy yeah, from your team to the All-Star game. Yeah, and Tulo came in. I don't remember when that when he came in, but I also think that the uh, All-Star game has gotten turned into a popularity contest as well. It's like, oh, who do you want to see? Because there are... Pl- Harper has made one all-star appearance for the Phillies. He's also won an MVP, but you have, like, I think that uh, he should have been in a couple other times, but because he didn't get off to, like, a, like the hottest start, but there are other players that are more popular than Harper right now because they're like, oh, I want to see this guy in the in the all-star game type thing, you know? Are you talking about now or, like, even back then? I don't know when they started voting, uh, when uh, fans started voting, it voted, voting in, because... Yeah. Like I remember one year it was all Cubs like starting lineups, but Addison Russell didn't deserve to be starting shortstop for like <laughs> that, co- come on. That was a weird like time. the fact that Addison Russell was a starting shortstop <laughs> for the All Star team that year. It's a popularity. Same thing with the Royals that one year or the A's that one year. It was just all a popularity thing. I don't think as my I'm, it's not my hot take, but I do not think that fans should be able to vote. I think it should be the players. They should vote their guys to the all-star team and the coaches. I do not think that fans should do it because that affects this stuff right now that we're talking about, Hall of Fame-type players. Like, There's probably players we don't even know about that probably, I'm trying to think of last year, guys that should have been all-stars but weren't. Look, look at Michael Lorenzen. He didn't deserve to be an all-star, but Detroit had to be, had to have someone in the all-star game. 
which I I'm starting to I can't remember what my take was on that. Um, but I I think it's cool that everyone gets to have uh, a player in the All Star game. But like, would I rather have a guy that's on the fringe get get in instead of a guy who actually deserves it for another team? Because it's not really like an all actual All Star. Is because MLB is the only team that does it, or MLB is the only league that does uh, mandatory All Stars for one every team. So I'm trying to figure out this is an exact time frame. No, I'm trying to figure out like the uh, the fan voting stuff. It definitely um, was. So it's before 2015, because or 14. Can't remember when the Cubs. Baseball came. fans vote on the starting position players for the All Star game with ballots formerly distributed at Major League Baseball games before midseason and as of 2015 exclusively on the internet. Well, that's on the internet. Yeah. Uh, it's. I think it was. I think it was late, or early 2010s. I think that's when I. I think it started. That's my gut reaction. Yeah. Now, obviously, that it doesn't affect what we're talking about with Helton, but I think it affects future guys. So. It, they did try it before in the past. Okay. Uh, in, back in the 40s, they tried it, but there was an unfairness in the voting. Exactly. So they stopped it. Exactly. Uh, they they did a write-in because they wanted some player named Rico Cardi in the All-Star game in 1970. They brought it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess they had they done it since then? I don't, I don't feel like they yeah. I don't know. So... Well, player voting was reintroduced in 2003 after the managers were criticized for picking players from their own team over more deserving players from other teams. This was particularly evident in 2002 when the National League manager, Bob Renly, selected his own catcher, Damian Miller, over the more deserving Paul LaDuca. Wow, that's a throwback. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) While American League manager Joe Torre selected his own third baseman, Robin Ventura. Oh, yeah, he was a Yankee. I forgot about that. (laughs) Over the Oakland A's gold glove and silver slugger winning third baseman, Eric Chavez. Oh, yeah. Eric Chavez never was an all-star. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Mm. Just random facts that I know, people. (laughs) Eric Chavez was not... An all-star, but he was... He was a six-time Gold Glover, though. Yeah, he was a great player. Loved Grev, uh, loved Eric Chavez. See, so there's bias no matter what. Even managers... So maybe the players should vote instead of having the fans vote. Because I feel like the fans... I don't know. This is just going to be like the top guy. I don't know. I, I've, I have a little bit of a... I don't know how to exactly talk about it, but continue. Sorry. Sorry for the tangent, people. No, it's fine. Yeah. And you, you make a fair point. Yeah, of course uh, I about, do. Course about I. the about the fan voting part. Yeah, but I still feel like, e- even like when I'm looking at Baseball Reference right now, I can see at least that there's still that time frame where they're Hall of Famers. Correct. Five six years. Correct. And they're still really good after that, but they have maybe a couple off seasons here and there, not necessarily as consistent after that. And you, you know, you can't necessarily expect a player to you know, hit 330 every year for the, all their career. But Correct. what constitutes a Hall of Famer? That's my question. Yeah. And if we're going to start voting in that way, let, let's go back to Utley then. Mm-hmm. Because if we're going to go by the criteria of players who were at the top of their game or one of the players at the top of their game for that period of time, then Utley should be in. He's the best second baseman in baseball for at least five, six years. Yeah. And if we're going to go off that, then yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But the argument is that, well, he wasn't the best for 
10 years. Super, ten, yeah. 10 years. I feel so. like 10 years is kind of like that, what yeah. it was. And now you're, I agree, it's like the six, seven yeah. type year type thing. I so. mean, let's look at the ballot for 2025. Yeah. For instance, there's, you have King Felix. Yeah. Is on that ballot. He was really good for like, what, that's like five yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Granderson's on that ballot. Uh, he's, he's a hall of, he's a, good hall of really good yeah player, really mm-hmm. um ian kinsler's on that ballot yeah this isn't a great ballot dustin pedroia tulo uh sabathia hanley ramirez russell martin adam jones brian mccann martin prado yeah those guys aren't those guys are but you do have cc sabathia and ichiro y- on that yeah ballot. ichiro will get in first ichiro ballot um cc should get in because he's got the three thousand strikeouts and he's also a pretty stand-up guy and been a lot with the community so he's yeah. is a good uh pitcher um for the he's definitely deserving i don't know if he should get in first ballot i feel like it's more probably might get second or third ballot depending upon how um many votes they want to uh, give out but each row should get in um first ballot um so i think that's what i was actually going to talk about next is um we'll talk about it quickly but the the next couple years really isn't a lot of like star-studded first ballot hall of famer type guys like you have each and you have cc those guys each get in cc might get in but he's the only other guy that you think oh yeah he's probably a hall of famer then you go to 2026 ballot, and the 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 then that year it's really not anyone that deserves to be I don't think in the Hall of Fame. Cole Hamels is will be his first year on the ballot. I don't think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He's good, but he's Ryan Braun. He's a good player, but he had the steroid thing, so yep. he's not getting in. And then you have Alex Gordon, Sinchu Chu, Edwin Encarnacion, Howie Kendrick. Oh so not. So that's the year where you see guys that are like Chase Utley, um, you know, if Billy, you know, Billy Wagner won't be on the list, but guys that are, you know, will they'll gain traction that year um, when they're on the ballot. And then 2027, I believe, is Posey's year, uh, I believe. Uh, yeah, Buster Posey. Um, uh, yeah, Buster Posey, John Lester, Brett Gardner, Ryan Zimmerman, Kyle Seeger. Posey will probably get in. I think. I think he, because he, he's got the World Series. He didn't play for the entire time, but I think as a catcher, he's got that MVP. Yeah. I think he'll get in, but I don't know if he'll get in first ballot. I don't think he will. But that's the only. That's the first guy that's on that list that you think of being a Hall of Famer. John Lester's not a Hall of Famer, but so you, the next couple. Oh, you think John Lester should be a Hall of Famer? No, no, no. Uh, Just finish your thought. First. Okay. So that's where I'm saying that you know those. 2026 and 2027 those two years you could see guys like utley k-rod all those guys just gain a lot of votes because there's not like that first ballot type player until pools comes in the following year and yachty i believe do you think that the committee has to vote in a hall of famer every year uh even if the ballot isn't top notch i think that they're probably so it's the hall of fame so they have to be deserving of the hall of fame i don't think that they're necessarily so i think that there should be someone in the hall of fame but i don't think that it's mandatory that they have to put do you know what i'm saying here do you understand what i'm saying so i don't think that it's mandatory that everyone 
that there should be someone every year, but I think there should be someone every year. Does that make sense to you? So well, I, I, don't, I think I don't think I it's think their job. Saying, I don't think yeah. it's their job. To be like, oh, hey, there's you know, Jim Edmonds is Mr. Hall of Famer, but we have to have someone in, so we're going to put him in. I don't think that's what their mindset should be. It should be, we should have someone in the Hall of Fame every year because there it's 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 good for baseball, and there's probably someone who actually deserves to be in the Hall of Fame that we're not paying attention to the most. Yeah, that's I, how I view. I agree. It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because. And here, here's where my ranting starts to come in a little bit. I'm not going to rant, but... Do it. Do it. Rant. Rant. <laughs> because I agree with you. And well, you, there was a year, what happened recently, where I don't think anybody got in, right? Yeah, it was a couple years ago. Yeah, nobody got nobody in. Nobody got in. And I think that was needed because you need to have a standard when voting people into the Hall of Fame. And sometimes I feel like with some of these guys, not all of them, but some of them, it's just like they feel like we have to get someone in the hall every year. We need to get someone in, yeah. even if it's like we're kind of stretching the statistics out a bit yeah. and their actual playing ability. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like just as we're going along, you're, we're going to start lowering. The, it's a part of the lowering the standards that's happening in baseball. So yeah. like the, the, the 300 average, the 500 home runs, the 3,000 strikeouts, those aren't really going to matter anymore. No, if the, the voting is going to change in how we – like DeGrom – is a perfect example because yeah. he's been the best pitcher when he's healthy for what the last six, seven years, but it is not going to have the cum- cumulative. That's the right word. Yeah. Cumulative stats of other hall of famers, but DeGrom when healthy is the best pitcher in baseball. And I don't think there's any question about that. Right. Yes. So like, it's going to be interesting when he's on the ballot, if he can put together a couple more good years, like, is DeGrom going to be a Hall of Famer? That's going to be a true limit, yeah. I think, for the Hall of Famer. Yeah, Fame. it's going to be tough. And also, there's a lot of old head Hall of Fame voters, that writers that vote. So they're kind of stuck in their ways and don't want to vote for certain people. So it's 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 a long conversation that we could have about that. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Anything else you want to say about Hall of Fame? Um there, it's uh, it's a nice town, Cooperstown. Oh yeah, it's very I, nice. They got a nice old baseball field there. It's by a lake. Yeah, it's it's it, in the nestled, nestled in the mountains, sort of. It's not like it's a uh, you go and you're going to a big city type thing and you're visiting a museum. But it does kind of come out of nowhere. It does. That's what yeah. I'm saying. That's what I was getting at. Like it's not. It's you don't go to like like a smaller city like King of Prussia and it's just like there's a couple museums and like stuff like that. Mm. It's a small town. And there's like a couple, like you're on a road and there's other buildings with shops and all this stuff. And then just right there in brick is the National Baseball Hall of Fame. You're like, holy crap, that's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, it's so well done. And everyone that worked there was so awesome, like super nice and super knew everything. Oh, was, I loved it. They gave my nephew like baseball cards. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like I was just like, this is heaven. It is pretty much the closest thing I've gotten to heaven. It, it really is. It was so great. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't have anything else to say about the hall of fame. We, we could talk about so much about it. Um, we've already talked for a long time so far and, uh, I have to get to my hot take. All right. So, um, yeah, let's see. My hot take is um, if you let's see, what was my hot take? I can't remember. I think my hot. T- oh, yeah, that's what it was. So I it's kind of on uh, relation to uh, the um, the Hall of Fame. So I was saying that uh, Pujols 
is is not on the ballot till 2028, I believe. Yes, 2028. And the only first ballot uh, Hall of Famer that received unanimous voting was Mariana Rivera. I believe that Pujols will be the next unanimous, receive all the votes for the Hall of Fame. There hasn't been, there's only been one. And that's because people don't think that a certain player deserves more votes over this person and this person over that person. Mariana Rivera is the only one that's been 100% vote. I think that Pujols will be the next person. He's got, uh, I think he finished 300 career, close to 300. I think he struggled a little bit. So I think, so he finished his career 296 batting average, but he was a 300 hitter for 95% of his career. 700 home runs. Mm. So he's in a very exclusive club there. Very, very exclusive. Yes. 3,384 hits. Very exclusive club there. Over 100 war. Very exclusive club there. 2,218 RBIs. Very exclusive club there. Three-time MVP. 11-time All-Star. Two-time batting, uh, two-time gold glove. Batting title. Two World Series. Rook of the Year. Six-time Silver Slugger. I think he deserves – if there's someone – why would anyone leave him off the ballot? Because of this, his struggles in Anaheim and he had injuries with his knees. What happens when you're, you're a six foot three, six foot four, two 240-pound guy? Of course you're going to have struggles with your knees. He's also a stand-up guy, super big into charity. Um, it's just he deserves to be unanimous. You know something that he leads MLB history in? Grounded into double Grounded plays. Grounded into double plays. 426. He led the league in double plays four, four times. Oh, my God. That's so bad. <laughs> that's ridiculous. I mean, he was never a fast guy, but early on in his career, he was uh, a solid, you know, wasn't slow, but he wasn't fast. He had 16 stolen bases twice in his career, actually. Um, he was actually good at it later in his career. For uh, He would steal just early, but I think he... Um, so yeah, I, I think he will be the, that's my hot, it's a hot take. So it's not, it, it probably won't happen, but I think that's what should happen. I don't think it's a super hot take. I, I don't know if it'll happen either, but I do think it is deserved if it does, uh, particularly when you compare him with every, the other people in the hall of fame, the similar batters. Yeah. When you get mentioned in the same name as Hank Aaron yeah. and Willie Mays mm-hmm. and Frank Robinson, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Yep, all those guys. Why shouldn't you be considered for the Hall of Fame unanimously? Like yeah. who? That's another thing too. I guess it's a counter hot take. It's like why haven't there been more than just Mariano Rivera as unanimous Hall of Fame? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like maybe I'm trying to think. Randy Johnson probably should have been up there with unanimous. Yeah, like Willie Mays. And yeah, Hank Aaron. Speaking of Willie Mays, did uh, today San Francisco announced that today two four uh, twenty four, like the February fourth for the rest of uh, history, it is Willie Mays Day in San Francisco. So Good shout out to San Francisco doing something really cool for once. For yeah, for once because <laughs> Willie Mays is ah, Willie. Did I draft him as my center fielder? I believe I did. I thought I. I think I might. Oh, have. you did? Yeah. I can't remember my outfield, but I had Trout as my center field. That's right. Yeah. Willie Mays is one of the best players ever. And yes. I, I think he's top five, top 10 player ever. Yeah. It's just, it's just 
fantastic player. But he's not unanimous. It's and, ridiculous. And, and neither are all these other guys that are in the Hall of Fame except for Mariano Rivera. Of course they would put a Yankee as unanimous. Of course. Well, to be fair... <laughs> Kev gave me a look. <laughs> there, there's no other discussion as to who the best reliever is. Correct. I would agree. I mean, there is discussions as to who maybe the best outfielder is or the best catcher, the best at the other positions. Yeah. I, I could see that as being the argument for why he's the only unanimous, but still, I would think that those other guys deserve the shot of the unanimous as well. I would, yes, I'd agree. I'd look at that. Yeah. Look at that. We, we, we agree. It's a hot take, people, but there's a little bit of an agreement here. All right. I think that's a good way to end the uh, Hall, of Fame, uh, Hall of Fame podcast. You think? I think so. All right, people. So thank you for listening. Let us know your opinions on Maurer, Helton, and Beltre. And, um, yeah, we'll try to catch you later. Oh, actually, should we should we announce uh, some some exciting news? Given that maybe the next time that we record a podcast, I could uh, I could possibly be moving somewhere. Is it that exciting? I mean, well, it, it is. It's a big change. It's a big change. So uh, one of the reasons why Kevin and I sometimes have a little bit of trouble with uh, recording a podcast frequently is we have different time schedules uh, with with our work and life, but also we we don't live together. But uh, on f- in end of February, I will be moving in to Kev's apartment, uh, and so we will be living together, and hopefully we will be able to record podcasts a little more frequently because For sure. because it's like he just has to knock on my door, hey, do you want to record a podcast or something like yeah. that, <laughs> instead of texting and trying to figure out a schedule and all that. So uh, yeah, that's exciting news that it we is. have for you. Yes. Um so yeah, hopefully we're. I know we're trying. We haven't been as consistent. We're we're trying. Also, baseball off season hasn't been as great. And I keep saying we're gonna get guests on. Uh, so hopefully we're gonna try to do that a little more frequently. But uh, yeah. we got some stuff in the works. Yeah, we have a couple of things coming down the pipeline. You know, having him here more often will definitely mean more episodes. Baseball seasons technically starting in a couple of weeks with pitchers and catchers yeah, coming baby. up. Let's go! Training. I'm so excited. Opening day is. 50 something days 40 it's 54 it was 56 it was 55 55 or 56 the other day 50 something days away so we're gonna get back into the baseball groove finally when that comes around and we don't have to sit around watching a boring super bowl or something i'm not probably even watching i might be going snowboarding oh yeah i don't i don't i don't really care about super bowl this year I don't care about football that much anymore. I really no. don't. I pretty much only love baseball. Yeah. And the Sixers, yeah, anyway. And it's, an, it's anyway, a, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> people. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you later. Later.